Welcome to the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell, and as I promised last week, we're going to do something a little different for the rest of the month. We're going to talk about music, and specifically, we're going to talk with uh, local music musicians and artists and talk about their music and what's going on with them. And I actually got some guys uh, with me today that uh, not only have been on the show before, but uh, as we were talking beforehand, I've known uh, the whole band uh, for a really long time, which just talks about how old I am. Um, but at any rate... Uh, we are talking with Matt and Alan today from the group uh, Blind Velvet, and they have a new album that dropped this weekend called One Foot in the Grave. And guys, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having us, hey, man. Hey, what's up? What's up? And uh, you guys have been, it's uh, crazy to see you guys, because I follow you on social media, yeah. and you guys are just everywhere, it seems. You guys are <laughs> just, you know, here at this festival or this location or that, and you guys seem to be pretty busy. We, uh... Everything's really picked up for us in the the three years since we've been this formation of the band. It's been really nice, you know. Is that? I mean, obviously, as a as a group, you, that's the progression, right? You're just trying to yeah get oh, to yeah. that next level every time. Uh, if you if anybody knows what the next level is, uh, call us. We, <laughs> we don't know where to go from here. <laughs> what do you want to say? Evan's not here. Evan's the drummer. Evan's not here. He's not important. Yeah. Nobody has to worry about Evan. Yeah, he's Jeez. just a drummer. Like he's just a drummer. <laughs> So let's talk about, uh, just to remind people, as I mentioned, Evan is the drummer. Matt, what's your uh, job, if you will, in the in the group? I play bass and sing. And I'm, Alan? I'm the guitar player and co-singer, co-front man. Co-front man. Oh, man. Well, that means I'm a co-front man as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Evan's definitely not a front man. No. <laughs> he sits down Even the though, whole time. <laughs> if you give him a microphone, everybody, the crowd reaction is crazier for him than either one of us who are putting everything out there. Evan just goes... Hey. <laughs> and people go nuts. It's, don't the, know why. it's the drummer thing, I think, Every actually. Time. Every time. I don't get it. So let's talk about, uh, you know, obviously, you guys, we've talked before and you've had two albums up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of that creative uh, part of that album was really like you guys. You guys really getting together and writing and thinking about all the different parts and that sort of thing. But this album's a little bit different, right? Yeah, it's uh, creative, creatively different, I would say. It's uh, much more mature, would you say? Well, I mean, the uh, majority of it, we I would say this record over the other two was more in the room together than the other two were, where we were actually coming up with you know stuff together instead of one person sending some stuff over to somebody else. But uh, theme and lyrically, very more mature and grown up, and the sound's more put together and we all hit our uh minus evan i'd say hit our mid-20s and that you know you finally start uh figuring out i guess what life really means so we took that kind of concept with this one i would say mid-20s yeah you're old i'm sorry i can't help yeah. late 20s man. i hit 25 don't I'm even freaking out. don't neither of you guys don't even <laughs> get me started on that but, you know, I was thinking uh, on, the, on the way here to the studio to, to talk to you guys about when I really started to notice music. It was probably sixth, seventh grade, and that's probably pretty typical, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm old. So when in my day, hip-hop was just really starting to come around and become popular. Oh, yeah. The 80s hair bands were just coming out. Um, you know, uh, you had disco that was starting to change over now to pop. Yeah. Uh, synthes- synthes- synthesizers. Synthesizers? Synthesizers. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Some words apparently. 
that I can't say. Um, but they they were really starting to be heavily. I mean, music was really changing in the mid '80s. Very much right. We saw that again, probably the mid '90s. You know, grunge was really taking off, and hip hop really changed, and that sort of thing. And what 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 are you what what in music right now? Like, what do you think is happening that is is different than what we've seen over the past 20, 30 years? We will have very different opinions. Of this. Yes, very very much so. You want to set yours first? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so much, like, advancement in AI music where, you know, the computer just generates the music and then you can work through parameters and stuff like that, along with just just digital. You know, everything digital where you uh, there will be a point where you don't even have to sing the lyrics. Like, you just have a computer do it. Yeah. And we're pretty close. Yeah. You know. You won't be able to tell if it's a human or not. Not a fan. Not yeah. a fan. And no, I'll tell not you, either. But. The, I, can't, I cannot think of her name, but she was the lead singer of Alabama Shakes. Oh, Brittany Howard. Yes. She's the best. Yeah. Man, that voice is just awesome. Oh, and yeah. I love Alabama Shakes. I hated her first album because it was, yeah. so, it was so digitized. I'd agree mm-hmm. with that. And I just did not like it because her voice is so unique and so powerful. I'm like, why yeah. would you do that to your voice when it's just so amazing? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. My my perspective on most modern music is, I, one, I don't know it. Uh, because if it's like after 1995, I pretty well don't know it anyway. So like, there's a couple songs I might know, but I don't really spend a whole lot of time listening to so to speak, radio or anything like that. I'm yeah. more of a, uh, you know, I've got playlists on Spotify of stuff that I like and stuff that I find interesting. But Evan and Matt introduced me to so much newer stuff that I would never have found on my own. And there's a lot of good stuff out there. It's just Still. the amazing point of that anybody can put out anything at any time now. So there's a lot of digging you yeah. have to do to find what's out there that's actually good. There's a lot of trash. A whole lot. Lots and lots and lots of A trash. whole lot. Yeah. Because it is interesting because used to, you would have to, you know, find some record company somewhere to take a chance on you. Yeah. Yeah. But now. It's you, all up to your own. If you got the a little bit of cash. 40 yeah. bucks a year. Yeah. That's yeah. all it takes. Hey, to get on iTunes and Spotify. Yeah. It's amazing how little it costs, but it also amazes me how much, how little they pay. <laughs> so, yeah. But the real work really, I mean, obviously the album part but then the real work is getting out there and yeah. the promotions and and playing everywhere i mean that's the hard work yeah the that's the, that's the grind of being an, an artist or a musician is uh trying to get out there now when there's so much you can so many platforms you can get exposed on um and just trying to keep up with that i mean it'll drive you nuts it'll drive you absolutely crazy Trying to put out posts every day, which is oversaturated. Yeah, it you really know, is. Everything, you know. and it's like you know everybody has to be uh, everybody has to be reached, you know, at the yeah. same time. So, and you, hard. so I mean, I, and I've said this and asked this question to many people about social media because you know, on, on one hand, you look at social media and how great it can be, mm-hmm. and then on the on the other hand, you look at social media and how difficult it can be. Because, oh, yeah. you know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, you know, all these different things. And how do you keep up with all of it and try to get your brand out there? It's, it's tough. You, have, you go ahead and talk about that point. Cause. Well, the, well, the whole thing is that we've, we've, as of right now, we only do Instagram and Facebook pretty much. Yeah. Just in general. Tick, I mean, uh, Twitter's just... We never could whatever get we, we don't really know but 
and TikTok <laughs> is just a whole nother animal that it's it'd take me a month just to sit and be like, okay, how do I figure out this? how everything works, you know? But there's a cool thing on Instagram where it automatically posts to Facebook. So we're just doing that. Yeah, it, not not <laughs> yes. to divulge any secrets there, but you can link care. your Instagram and Facebook page and make the same post at the same time. Boom. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to Meta. We really pre- yeah, really yeah. appreciate that oh, from yes. Meta. Thanks, Mark. So, uh, how? Because obviously, you guys have your musical influences, and we've talked about that before when you're on the show before. Mm-hmm. You know, from the past, I, and I'm I'm like you, Alan. I, I most of the new music, I just don't know. Like it's yeah. got to run across me somehow, right? You know, by someone. Hey, like usually Grayson, my daughter, or Riley. Yeah. Sometimes you know, will we'll throw something at me, but otherwise, I mean, I'm st- I'm listening to my Led Zeppelin. I'm listening oh, to yeah. Oh, yeah. you know to to whatever I've got on my i uh, iPhone, and uh, I honestly, I have too much because my storage is almost full because of music on my iPhone. Oh, I'm there with you. But uh, are there some new newer things that you know, you guys that influence you in some way, shape, or form in your in your music, or is it really just stuff from the past that I, you kind of grew up on? I I would claim a huge uh, inspiration that just came out. What was it last week? Uh, the Tyler Childers album. Oh yeah. Uh, Can I take my hounds to heaven? What a record! It's a like, great one. That most uh, anything like in the modern country thing has never been my thing until recently which has been like Tyler Childers, uh, Sturgill Simpson, Coulter Wall. All these guys are bringing back this sound that's, uh, I don't know, would you call it authentic? Like, is that what it... I mean, I I think it's New Outlaw. Yeah, New Outlaw. I'd say that. I mean, there's great rock bands out there right now, like Greta Van Fleet. You know, yeah. our, our, seems to be the the hot rock band right now. Yeah, they are huge. They <laughs> yeah. are huge. Overrated. Yeah. They haven't hit Dave Matthews overrated yet, but yeah. oh no, no, not at all. We can't trash Dave Matthews. Yeah, can I, Dave Matthews. I feel like Evan oh. Evan's bursting at the seams when he listens. Come to on, this. guys! <laughs> <laughs> not Dave Matthews. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just not. I, I like some of his stuff, but you know, I don't. Oh know. yeah. Well, Dirty Honey's a great example. Oh man, of a of a band now that's keeping it. Authentic and yes, and raw and live. They know? are well, incredible. And, and as you said, we're talking about those, you know, the computer generated stuff. I mm-hmm. also kind of feel like though there is another niche happening where it is going back old school. You yeah. know, like uh, Greta Van Fleet to me is just you know Led Zeppelin reincarnated. I mean, yeah. honestly, let's be we honest. We would not disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they would. They I, I say they think. sound like Aerosmith, which makes but no Dirty sense. Honey no. Like Aerosmith. Yeah, Dirty Honey sounds like Aerosmith. Yeah, Dirty Honey sounds like Aerosmith. Greta Van Fleet. No, Greta Van Fleet sounds exactly like Led Absolutely. Zeppelin. They're, they're I thought it was new Led Zeppelin when I first heard it. Not hearing. <laughs> I mean, let's be Wouldn't honest. Be even even what's his name, lead singer uh, uh, Led Zeppelin, Robert Plant. Robert Plant's even like, man, these yeah. guys. Yeah, come on. <laughs> so, so at any rate, though, I kind of feel like there is this little bit of a, uh, you know, the the rock, the country, this yeah. push to get away from the pop sound and, and all the computer stuff too. There are some great people that are on the forefront of that, like Dan Arbach from the Black Keys. I mean, he started his own label, uh, Easy Eye Studios, down in Nashville, which they put out uh, incredible stuff. You know, they found uh, like old recordings of Sunhouse that had never came out. Uh, he just did an album with Hank Williams Jr. Uh, the Black Keys d- themselves did a, a Delta Blues album, wow. which was well, it's not Delta; it's North Country Mississippi Blues or whatever they call it. Marcus King did a record out of them. Oh man, he's done two. Oh, sorry. And both of them are incredible. They're both great. That guy, he's younger than me, and that drives me 
up the wall. Uh, new album out this weekend called One Foot in the Grave. And uh, we were talking about influences and that sort of thing. I guess talking about this new album that, that comes out literally this weekend, uh, you've already released three songs off that album. Mm-hmm. Um, how is this different than the other two? I mean, we talked about the difference in, in the creativity and that sort of thing, but how would you classify this one compared to the others? This one's much heavier. It's much heavier than the last Heavier album. in what sense? Like the music uh, or? Uh, yeah, I'd say all senses. I mean, it's um, <clears throat> at points it, become, you know, it can become abrasive uh, lyrically or musically. And that's kind of what we wanted is to you know, show that, uh, I would say, the rawness and the realness of what the last since the last album that we've all had to kind of go through and um i don't know i i don't know how to describe it other than it's just like 70s heavy yeah and there's some stuff that's even newer heavy yeah there are some breakdowns in there there's some uh, metallica influence yeah, in there baptized and whiskey is a great example dun, dun, dun. pretty <laughs> that's the heaviest that's song we've ever wrote song, oh, yeah. great song guys great song yeah i thank love you. that song baptized and whiskey you've got to check that one out for sure i hope you check out the whole album uh, but that's do. a that's of course i only, only heard i haven't heard the third one yet i i had to admit to, i didn't know the third one was out so i got to listen to the whole album now because the it's whole thing proven. is out it's about board games i'm yeah. i'm excited i can't wait to hear the whole thing i call um, it a funk tune but if you guys talked earlier, at least you know before we went on, you had somebody new come in, right, yes. and mm-hmm. and kind of help produce the album. Which Matt, you said you really had to kind of relinquish some uh, control there. They had to pull me back. We did. <laughs> had to me put him on a car. They put a rope up to my a hook on the back of my shirt, and they had to pull the car pull away. Back. Pull he was on a short leash. What? Yeah. What were some of the things that you guys bringing somebody else in who has not been connected with the other two? What were some things that you guys learned in that experience bringing somebody else in? Um, it was kind of, I don't know. I guess learning to take criticism and learning to take. Um, artistic ideas and feed off of each other and each other's influences and each other's personality because there's anything that this band is not lacking is personality that's right baby there are three huge personalities (laughs) in this band i can vouch for that and yeah i mean the more that people know us the more they come to realize that uh it can't be easy to work together every day but we manage it because we are still best friends at heart and we're better than the Beatles. Blind Velvet's better oh, than the Beatles. Here we go with that hashtag again. Okay. I like that. Um, I don't think I want to debate that today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Glenn. Although I will say, and I, have, I haven't got to watch the whole thing, but there's a really neat documentary about the Beatles on, um, is it Disney, Disney Plus? Plus. Mm-hmm. Get, uh, get Back. Get yes. Back. And I, in talking about, uh, you know, you got John uh, sitting there with... Um, um, Good night. Are you kidding me? Paul. John and Paul are sitting there, and they're going through Get Back, yeah. and they're they're working the lyrics out, you know, and you got Ringo up there on the drums trying to, and, and it, it's really neat to watch yeah. them go through that process. Is that something similar for you guys, or is it like somebody writes something and you share it with everyone else? Like, how does that process work? I would say it is, quote, unquote, almost the same. I mean, you go through the argument. You go through, this lyric doesn't fit. You go through, that guitar line doesn't work. You get into it, you squabble. You come back 15 minutes later, and it's just, it's done somehow. Or three weeks later. Or three weeks, yeah. It does (laughs) take time. But it's something about connecting to that, you know, the ether whenever you find it, and just pulling that song out of it. 
and trying your best to make sure that it's put together the way it should be. So how does that, I guess, take us through that a little bit further. Like one of you comes up with an idea and says, hey, I had this one line, one word, whatever come up, and what do you guys think? And you just kind of start that process? I think it's more the tunes, like the music. Yeah, we usually do the music before the the lyric. Um, Really? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's interesting because there's a a story that Dr. Dre talks about Eminem the first time that they worked together, Mm -hmm. and he played this beat, and he said within seconds, Eminem started going, my name is, my name is, and just rolled with it after that. And And I thought that was so interesting. I think most of us feel like lyrics come first. And then the music, but you guys are saying it's really for you guys anyway. It's it's the opposite. Yeah, most, it, most yeah. of the time. Most of the time, for sure. There are some that Cause get, get written, and then but a, a majority within the songwriting is that most of the time Matt does the lyrics. I may contribute a, a line here or there whenever it's in the finishing stages. But uh, as far as music goes, it's a lot easier whenever we're all in the same room together Absolutely. for somebody to just say, "Kick something off in this key." And really, it's like on the spot. Like, I mean, your feet are on fire. You better figure it out, you know? So, and if you can't come up with anything, I get the two disappointed looks of, <laughs> come on, you're better than this. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's it. All right, it. what do you got for us, Hal? And okay. I usually, I try to bring like something. I, yeah, I, I've brought a lot of things that were, uh, mm, not going to work out. <laughs> so you think it's that pressure then of you guys all being in the same room? Like, it's, it's, we got to work, we got to get, you know, move forward, that kind of thing that helps you with that creative process? I, I think it's more just, I mean, we all just started jamming in the first place when, or at least when I joined the band. We're looking at three years ago now. Wow. That's crazy. That's a long time. And, um, no, we just jammed for, you know, we were playing gigs for four hours where if you didn't have enough material to, you know, play, then, all right, we're picking a key and we're just going to jam for about 15 minutes and get weird, you know. And you better figure it out. Yeah. And so we do that a lot when we practice, and then that turns into a Al playing a riff, and it's like, what'd you do there? Do that again. Yeah. And then that gets the ball rolling into a hot mess that we call a song. Yeah. And, you know. Usually once we get something like an idea started, we'll record, I mean, so, there are some recordings that I have on my phone that are hours long. Yeah of us having conversations in between trying to figure out how to put it together. So if we forget it at some point, you can go back and listen to three hours worth of conversation yeah. on us figuring out that song. I don't know how many times I say, get your phone out, get your phone out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is good. It's good. And the phone recordings are what become the demo, really, yeah. most yeah. of the time. What we send to the producer, which our new producer, Shad, yeah. Shadrick Beecham, Shad Daddy, as we call him. Shad Daddy. Uh, yeah, send those demos to him, and he's like, wow, this – recording is terrible let's uh let's do something better than this and so normally those demos i send them to myself and then i record vocals over them at the house yeah so then i'll send it to the boys good bad no yes and then we'll send it from there so it was really different than i mean i think you just touched on an aspect that typically it was you three yeah now yeah. there's a fourth voice yeah and he he's new mm-hmm. and he hasn't been with the group a long time but he's a "Quote unquote producer, right yeah. of the album. Yeah. How how was that for you guys to take, essentially criticism, right, mm-hmm. outside of the three of you? Uh, it was really easy to work with Shad. Honestly, he never told me anything bad. I was just great. <laughs> Not you. No, if I played a guitar solo, <laughs> Matt, you're perfect. I know More it. cowbell. Yeah. My, yeah, right. If I ever got the uh, 
the okay on a solo, I was pretty satisfied with my day. Yeah. <laughs> but there were a lot of times where I'd play a solo, and I don't, I don't actually think I know what the front of his face looks like. I just saw the back of his head the from the, from the computer again. monitor. Do it again. <laughs> and all you hear is, yeah, it could be better. Not good. Do it again. Not good. Do Messed it again. up. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been a really uh, – I mean, he's been a, a good friend of ours he's for several years. I love him. And now that you know, we found his studio and stuff. We're you know working with him and doing records and branching out essentially. So we're quickly running out of time. So give me at least a couple places you guys are going to be here really soon. Oh, we're going to be at Blue Diamond this weekend for the album release. Uh, what's the weekend? That's on that's on the eighth. On the eighth, uh, the fifteenth, we're playing at the camp in what, Lake Wapapello. Opening for John D. Hale. Yep. Then the with, week after that, the 22nd, we're playing at the Boathouse in Bloomfield. And then the weekend after that, the Strutton Turkeys, which is just me and Evan. It's a two-piece because Matt has a wedding to attend. Wow. And we're playing the Dealstat Bar and the Morley Rocktoberfest, or whatever they're going to call it. Yeah, whatever. Wow. One Foot in the Grave is a new album. Uh, it's on iTunes. It's on mm-hmm. Spotify. Anywhere you anywhere. listen to music. It's anywhere you can get music. Yeah. All right. One Foot in the Grave. And I can't wait to hear it. I'm telling you guys, that that song... Baptized in whiskey. I can't. I can't say enough, man. <laughs> Love that song. I mean, Riley was texting after he heard it, and I'm like, "Yeah, I just heard it." I mean, we were like, "Man, this song is fantastic," and I and I can't wait to hear the whole album. Um, it's called One Foot in the Grave. Matt, Allen, and then Evan. He couldn't be here tonight today for the show, but uh, it's a great group, guys. Good luck to you, and, and can't wait to hear the whole album. Thanks, Glenn. Thank Thanks for having us. All Appreciate right, it. Blind Velvet, go check them out. One foot in the grave. I'm Glenn Cantrell. This is the talk of Sykeston.